Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Welcome to Koala Oh my god, I don't know if I can hear anymore, but my name is Skylar Sokol. <laughs> uh, the dogs Man. got me all riled up. I went for the high note. I yeah, was we'll see if that got low. picked up on my mic, too. <laughs> Did it? I don't know, we'll find out. <laughs> so it's got this nice reverb. Yeah, I'll make sure. <laughs> I'm going to sound edit the crap out of that intro, just you wait. <laughs> You're going to sound like an angel. All right, I, I, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Good. All right, so anyway, this is quality time. We're here to talk about some games and occasionally review singing technique. Um, this week... Skylar, who are you? What is your name? I said my name. Oh, did you? Okay, I Hell couldn't yeah. hear it above my high E. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm Skylar Sokol, <laughs> though, if you forgot. I know that you forget my name regularly, so I'll remind you. Uh Anyway, our boy Jesse Shell helped us be inspired for the topic this week, and that topic is the topic of time. Um, <laughs> time being the length of games, time? yeah, the length of games, what what that length means for the design, and what what lengths are fun to who and why. Um, Jesse Shell says timing can be very difficult to get right, but it can make or break a game. Often, it makes sense to follow the old vaudevillian adage, leave them wanting more, or adage. Probably adage. Regardless, basically, I think what he's saying is uh, less is more. Like, you'd rather have someone wishing they could play more of your game than stopping playing before they get to the end. Which I think is a pretty good intro right. to this. Can you think of, like, any games, maybe, that you've played that, like, became like a slog at the end or something? Or you didn't leave you wanting more? Hmm, interesting. And right now we're thinking primarily of like single player games, correct? Yeah, because I don't really, I mean, I think the multiplayer like design, gameplay loop design is all about like leave them wanting more. Granted, I'm sh- I, there have definitely been games I've played that are multiplayer that haven't left me wanting more, where like one session was like, all right, that's enough of this game ever. But I think I'm more thinking <laughs> of like single player games, uh, in this, in the, for this topic for now at least. Okay, cool. Because, an unpopular opinion my mind immediately went to battle royale battle royale definitely by the end i'm just like please get this over with i'm gonna run out of the field i'm gonna die outside of the barrier this is so boring i i'm <laughs> sure no <laughs> and, and let's let's talk about that so i think one of the major issues with battle royale from that perspective for you and maybe other people is pacing right 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 like the the action to not action ratio of battle royales, depending on the session you play, could be very poor, right? You could have like 20 minutes of running around and then one firefight where you die and you basically just spent 20 minutes to die in one shot or some shit, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's interesting. So, and that's like a, mi- a microcosmal example, right, in this short style of game. But now, like, what if we think about, like, a campaign-style game, like an 8 to 12 to 20 to 30 to 100-hour game or whatever? Like, how do those stay engaging? Yeah, I actually think it's a similar sort of pacing problem that you need to solve, right? Um, We talked about it 
uh, or at least it is for me. We talked about it in a previous podcast when um, we talked about this whole element of design in regards to like tense and release, right? Like having a moment of excitement or moments of excitement or high a high engagement followed by sort of break periods, if you will, and and kind of following those up with each other um, to make some. And you gave the example of how like Dota and MOBAs do that and how yeah. it's extremely layered, right? Yeah. I think in a similar way in a single player game, um, I kind of am looking for a, a similar ebb and flow there. Generally, uh, strong, engaging uh, intro that we'll talk about it another time, but this relates to that Jesse Shell interest ex, interest curve, yep. right? It's, it's kind of like if you think about a movie, there's a bombastic or there's a highly engaging intro, uh, and then there's a, a kind of slowdown from there, some exposition, some building up of, of the, the setting, the context, the characters, and then things start to build again. So there's again this like ebb and whoops, punching my table, ebb and flow going on, right? So, yeah. um, you're reminding me of a few games just in saying that that I think illustrate this super well. Um, for your bombastic intro, there's uh, I don't know if you've ever played any of the new like the the re- Wolfenstein reboot, the first one. Um, have not played, have watched, but okay. Played, so but, do yeah. you know? Do you remember then? Like you have this whole like crazy intro sequence where you're killing guys, you're doing all this stuff, and then you get fucking like wrecked. And you're, like, in a hospital recovering, and there's this whole exposition of you recovering and getting back to, like, your old self so you can go get revenge. But it starts with this, like, bombastic action sequence, and then it immediately goes into this exposition like you were describing. And I think, honestly, the beginning of that game is really effective. At least it was for me. I, like, was so into it after I got through that intro and into this exposition. The transition was so good. Yeah, exactly. That's That's a great example. Um... The other one that comes to mind as I'm thinking through it with a remake also on the horizon is Final Fantasy VII. Um, at the beginning, it's got this like mysterious beginning where it's slow and you're just kind of walking around with Cloud, but then you immediately enter into like this fight sequence with Barrett and uh, I. Geez, the, the fans are going to kill me. I'm pretty sure Tifa's there too, and you're going through the factory and there's a, a big fight that, that culminates in. Uh, a sequence at the end where at following it, there's a lull, if you will. Um, and when I was, uh, I remember being a kid, uh, you know, th- that moment sticks out. When I think about Final Fantasy, there's some core, Final Fantasy VII, there's core moments through the story, through through the game that I, I remember. One of them uh, the, the, that is all, that always pops up is that intro sequence. And that's that remains pretty consistent across all of the single player games. That I've played, I, I think that that's that makes a lot of sense, right? Like you're yeah. you're going into the experience. This is your first exposure into it, um, and then when the designers capitalize on the opportunity, like you gave with Wolfenstein, to really um, it, it, there's ger- generally a lot more I don't know fl- flavor, uh, emotional uh, context. I don't know. So yeah, one of your favorite games of all time, right? Ori in the Blind Forest has is another yes. game with an amazing intro, right? All of these games yes. are really like the intro is a very big part of the game. Again, very that Ori is a great example. Very emotional um, yeah. intro. Final Fantasy is emotional in a different way. It's very like a lot of adrenaline, exciting. There's mystery. Um, uh, the beginning of Halo, for example, the very first Halo. Lots of emotion there at the very beginning. It's very um, oh, visceral. There's the fight, the the fight with the covenant on the ship, 
but then you immediately come out to that huge Vista and Halo CE, which at the time was just like, wow, it's so expansive, blah, blah, blah. It's very, and the music's there is very, um, impressive so yeah no and uh, now i'm thinking like the intros to bioshock games like the intros to bioshock and bioshock infinite both of them are amazing bioshock you like are in a plane and you crash in the ocean and you swim up to a lighthouse and like it's great the intro that game is great um yeah i think that's a huge point these intros are really important which is crazy right because if you're sitting down for like a i don't know eight to a hundred hour experience the fact that this like maybe even less than an hour long intro could be even like 20 minutes, 30 minutes plays such a large role in whether you're going to be willing to sit there for the rest of the game is a huge deal, right? That's very interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's only a good point. You spend many multiples of time, uh, of that, of, from that, of that intro in the game itself. And yet somehow this remains, like I said, I think there's, there's this element of, um, since it's new, right? Like you're, yeah, novelty. You're, you're absorbing. Yes. There's the novelty that you're, you're trying to wrap your head around the new stuff you're trying to wrap around this new universe. What are these things? Like what's, and then there's also the, the, uh, the beauty generally is very accentuated there at the beginning, right? Things are very, or at least in my experience, they're very either beautiful or very like intimidating or very mysterious like very they're very whatever they are yeah <laughs> no, totally. Whatever they are. yeah i think the classic intro strategy like this is such a video game design cliche right is you start the game you're super big and powerful you have all your abilities you get to just like fuck shit up and then somehow you lose those abilities and basically the rest of the game is you getting those abilities back and eventually you get back to that powerful point and you get to play like that again in the climax right yeah, actually, it, it, you saying it that way makes me think that is a big reason that that the intro sequence of Destiny Two is a big reason why I ended up trying Destiny Two. I didn't try Destiny One. I it, I didn't find it interesting, but the intro of Destiny Two is more or less exactly what you just said. You're you're this super leveled up guardian with all your powers, and these bad guys come and wreck shit, and you lose all your powers, and you have this sequence from you know, like now you're just this normal powerless uh guardian in destiny and you're you're making your way to in a sense restoring your powers and there's this there's great music during this sequence um this this uh this what i was calling like is usually a lull like it is a lull you have the bombastic intro and then you have this kind of journey towards regaining your powers you go through like this beautiful mountain cavern this part is still very pretty and is emotional in another way like it's uh it's sort of somber and uh, not not sad, but kind of along those lines. And then it starts to pick up as you see enemies and you overcome them and blah, blah, blah. So I thought that part of Destiny 2 has done really well. I saw like a chunk of it, a streamer was playing it and made me want to try it. That's a big reason why I, I ended up playing it. Um, and then what happened? Trying out. And then what? Sorry? And then what happened? Because you didn't get addicted to it. You didn't even finish it, I don't think, right? You churned on it. So clearly this amazing intro was not all that was necessary to keep you there right yeah so for me personally i um for destiny 2 i i did end up beating the campaign um but i oh i didn't realize okay so you did get through and how long how long did that take like eight hours more uh it's kind of hard because to to quantify that i i think that probably the actual game campaign gameplay that i did was less than 10 hours okay um 
And quite frankly, there were a lot of parts that like gave me some Halo vibes, which so, kind of get had some nostalgia. So Destiny right. Two in particular kind of worked for me. But yeah. Um, but generally speaking, like when I think about Destiny Two story. The middle is kind of all lost, really. I don't really remember details on that, but I really remember the intro, and I can recall the end. Okay. Um, but so, so it, but it kept you there. But you think it was mostly because of the nostalgia factor, and maybe actually the strong intro and that buildup was enough to keep you there for that game with the, the, well, the, for the me, nostalgia. You know, factor. having not tried Destiny One, this was des- this was also like me kind of be interested in trying out the Destiny experience, like giving it a shot. I guess you so, did have friends and like acquaintances who had very positive things to say about Destiny as well, which I'm imagining probably right. also motivated you to finish it. Right. Yeah, and that's so outside of the all, design, but yeah. Yes. I had a lot of social motivation yeah. to play it. Interesting. So, okay. Um, so if we strip anyway. away that social motivation, you may not have been very motivated. I don't I don't think I would have played it, right? Like uh-huh. like I said, I tried it because of watching a streamer play a part of it right right like which is a social inherently social i don't yeah, think yeah. what i saw outside of it and like from the marketing and what i had known of destiny up to the that wasn't enough to interest me it was seeing this the uh, chunk of this sequence and then also on top of that like you're saying all the things from my friends that had me try it yeah cool well so let's move away from the intro now let's move into what comes after the intro right this ebb and flow that you were describing um you reminded me of a game I absolutely adore called Fear. I think it's actually like capital F dot capital E dot capital A dot capital R. It stands for something first uh, something uh, something recon. I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's a horror game. It's amazing. It's so cool. And the first Fear game has like the most reductionist like ebb and flow I've ever played in a game. And I've read reviews where people were like, this was not what like i didn't love this but i loved the way this was done because it was just clean and predictable and it worked so basically you would the game just alternated between here is an action sequence where you're killing dudes and there's action going on that sequence would end then you'd have like a horror sequence where you would be walking around and horror things would happen x story exposition would happen you go back into another action sequence actiony shooting would happen not really much exposition another horror sequence and it just alternated like that but the like intensity and the visceral nature of those experiences like crescendoed over the course of the game until like by the end the horror experiences are like the entire room turning to blood and you like falling down an infinite elevator shaft and all this crazy shit right and the action sequences were really intense you're fighting like big guys and all that stuff and i think that's like maybe the one of the most simple ways to like accomplish this ebb and flow like right by like literally strictly alternating like there was no action in the horror sequence there was no horror in the action sequences but it like worked for me really well yeah, um, I, th- this is not really known for its. This is more gameplay based, but you know, Cuphead uh-huh. that came out recently has the, has the the level. Then there's a lull where you're you, you like there's a complete break. <laughs> you like yes, break. very good. There's a complete break where <laughs> you uh, you choose what you're going to do next. Sure, you, you mean can like go the to overworld, shop and get abilities area. or whatever. Yes, right. Um, and games that do that, actually, even in Final Fantasy, there's points where that's that's the case. Uh, once you unlock the 
ship, if I remember correctly. You can, like, choose where to fly around. And I, I agree. I, like, that's different than what you just called out in Fear. Like, the implementation is definitely different. But right. it's and this, in Fear, it was alternating um, between two different types of really between, exciting experiences, whereas this is not that. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, the the but uh, in, in that case, it's another, like, a, a distinct uh, paradox in the in the right. It's like a contrast, right? You like have this intense experience, and then you contrast, get this yeah. lull, right? This time to calm and maybe even like process and think about, reminisce on the experience you just had, right? Like Cuphead, you beat one of those right, intense exactly. bosses, and you're like, sweet, now I get to breathe for a second, like walk around, maybe buy some shit from the shop, get a reward, and then here we go, I dive in into the next one. And I think level-based games are really interesting for this, right? Like the original Mario games and stuff, too, are like that as well. They're just like, you go into a level, you do a thing, you leave, you have a chill period, you do it again. And honestly, I would even say that a lot of modern open-world games, while they aren't obviously like this, are like this, right? Like... You have a quest or a, a series of objectives and you complete an objective and then you're like in this lull period where either you maybe do a side quest or you're looking for your next objective. You find it, maybe you have to travel from a place to another place and some like small things happen but nothing major, but then you can go do the major thing again, right? And like I think the ones that do the best job, at least of keeping me engaged, are the ones where like that journey through to the next level is also somewhat interesting because those journeys are much longer than in these level based games right like in mario you're clicking right once and walking to the next level in freaking like the witcher you're riding a horse across the entire like country or whatever right and i like yeah. in red dead 2 um another game that i really like uh, that was a th- it, it's like what you were saying right between missions there is a um, hunting may be available in between, like there were, there were definitely activities in the middle that you could take part of, but, um, you had the autonomy to choose whether you wanted to or not. So it was effectively a lull between major sequences and the, the space in between, um, was beautiful. Like riding a horse through the plains or through mountainside or whatever, like, uh, it had this same dynamic that you're talking about, uh, did it really well. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and that's interesting, right? Because I, like, at least find myself really un- incapable of finishing or even really getting into enough to feel like I want to play them, any of these really long open-world RPGs games, just because I I don't honestly, like, have the time to want to commit to it, to play a game that long, and they just don't engage me enough to want to do that. Like, it's so much easier to jump into a five-minute Rocket League game than it is to, like, decide to play... Or to play, like, you know, to play 12 five-minute Rocket League games over the course of an hour, probably less because of, like, downtime, than to commit an hour to playing, like, one one-hundredth of a hundred-hour-long game, right? Like, I don't know how to motiv- how I'm supposed to motivate yep. myself to do that, but people do all the time, and it's really interesting. And honestly, I would love to hear from someone who really loves doing that and hear their opinion on it and why that's so why that's so enjoyable for them. So I found this conundrum to be very interesting myself as well, because prior to really Halo happening in my life, I played a, I, I played mu- a, a lot larger variety of games, including long single-player experiences. I've been talking about Final Fantasy. Um, that's the first one that comes to mind. Like, for, ex- for example, one of my favorite games growing up, Zelda Ocarina of Time, right? Awesome, phenomenal game, loved it. If that same game came Breath out, like, Wild, for example, yeah. Breath of the Wild Arguably, just came like, out, one of the best I, games ever I made. I want to yeah. jump into it. 
yes, I want to jump into it so bad, but like I can't bring myself to jump into an experience that I know like, and even that one is by all things, like there's longer games than Breath of the Wild, but um, how I, I've, I'm also interested in, in sort of this scenario that you're calling out because I have it too. Like I can spend a couple of hours if I if I have the opportunity, I can play a couple several hours of Rocket League on end, Halo on end, um, but I can't. In my head, I think about playing Zelda for an hour, and it seems yeah, so no, hard. Same, right. It, right? it seems like, like a difficult how, task. How <laughs> yes. Yeah, it totally does. And I, I was thinking about it. I think you touched on it. Maybe it's because now, especially maybe after years of, of playing these multiplayer experiences, I, I've, uh, I've come to look for the thrill, if you will, the excitement, the adrenaline that comes from there. And... Um, those other experiences, the long single player, maybe they just don't offer. I, I personally don't feel they offer the same level of adrenaline and excitement as compactly as the multiplayer do, right? Like you said, in five minutes, or let's say five to seven minutes, you play a game of Rocket League, and the amount of adrenaline and excitement you get from there, like if I'm comparing it to like Red Dead Two. There were moments in Red Dead 2 that were phenomenal. I've talked about that one where you come back from Cuba with the music and it's like you get goosebumps. It's so cool. But I can count the number of ex- times where I was that like that had that much adrenaline, that much excitement like on right. one hand. And yeah, right? how many in hours were in too. between each where of in, those moments, right? <laughs> exactly. So so like I think there's an amount of me now kind of looking for that that excitement that in, in the games I'm playing or, in the, but I, at the same time, I don't always feel like doing that. Um, like I, I will always, I'm first and foremost, like a halo campaign guy or in the blind forest is another one that I played recently. I played Minecraft. That's not really one I would call that one. Doesn't excite but me. But that's from the got adrenaline. the social so aspect, like, right? Yeah. 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 It has, it has other things, but like, just to say like adrenaline, high levels of adrenaline is not the only sure. thing I'm looking for. But talking to my wife, who's more interested in, like, re- these longer experiences, uh-huh. right? She read Dead, uh, some of these longer stories. Um, she's not as interested in the adrenaline, like, of a... a com- like, she, she dislikes, like, the, the high-paced, competitive, uh, ex- adrenaline-filled multiplayer kind of games. So, um, you know, I think maybe it's just right now I'm, I'm sort yeah, of Yeah, you know, this may come back to, like, this adrenaline. theory that I've presented before that I think over time I'm slowly solidifying more and more is really, really accurate, which is that people who spend the majority of their day either stressed or feeling like they're in competition generally want something calmer and more cooperative later, whereas people who spend the majority of their day either bored or doing a lot of cooperative activity want this like higher stimulation adrenaline sort of game later. They want more competitive action, right? Like, And maybe like your wife she may feel like, quote, unquote, even though this is like, you know, way hyperbolized, like in competition with your children, trying to take care of them, whatever. She has like a stressful day. So she wants something that's just like chill and long and she can just commit a long time to and doesn't have to like feel like she needs to finish in one sitting. Whereas, you know, you and I, we like work on teams all day. We're very cooperative. We like, you know, working on that. So we just want to like come home and like fuck fuck some shit up right like hit some balls with some cars and have some competition (laughs) um and or just play like a really short visceral experience 
And yeah, I th- and I don't know. I this theory has remained accurate since I had the thought of it the first time. I actually originally was thinking of it through board games and why people like competitive versus cooperative board games, but I think it sort of applies in this situation too. Yeah, I definitely think that what you're touching on has a lot to do with the kinds of experiences someone wants the ability to sort of escape into a simpler world. And and like getting back into time, um related to what you're touching on. So for example, for my wife, what's the amount of time she has to do that? Um, If she's watching the kids, it's going to probably be at in the evening, right? When the kids are going to bed or something. So that lends itself to a long. Yeah. And maybe she also wants to be able to be like interrupted too. And for a single, to have like a long single player experience, it's easy to pause and go do something else. You can't really leave a rocket league game. No, that's true. Um, and also, I, I don't know, especially the more competitively you play it, you kind of get in yeah. a groove and Rocket League. Like, you don't really want to, like, play two games, take a 15-minute break, play two games right. and but do that. But with Red Dead, you could totally hours, do that. You, know, you can play like, and then you can pause and then you can go do your thing and then just come back and it's there waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there's definitely – one day we can present it more thoroughly. But, like, people have different emotional – baselines right like some people are 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 just generally maybe more on the uh anxious stress side and would prefer something more chill right and then yeah some people are just generally so i'm sure that's part of that's super valuable what you just said i think is really important right like where your baseline stress or anxiety level is definitely contributes to what kind of a game would appeal to you at that time um cool so This sort of transitions into something I've been experiencing lately. I mentioned in our favorite games podcast, but I've realized that the single player experiences that I value the most nowadays are really short. They're like journey, um, like two, one to two hour long games, maybe a little longer. But for example, the guy who made Pony Island made a, a second game called The Hex. And I played one sitting of The Hex and I really enjoyed it a lot. I loved it. And I played for... Like two-ish, two or three hours, I think. And I loved it. And I'm like in the middle, nearing the end. The story is like interesting. And I've never gone back and touched it. And it's been like three or four months. And it's like, because I, I honestly, I think it's because I didn't finish it in one ses- sitting. Um, and so I think if I can't finish, finish a single player game in like one session, I probably am not going to come back to it anytime soon. Um, and luckily... Indie developers have moved towards this place where they're okay with making these really short, really amazing experiences. And so I've just sort of been consuming those. And that works great for me. But it just is so funny to me when I see people complaining about, like, this game isn't going to be long enough to justify my money. I'm just like, wow, that is never the way I will ever think about, like, justifying a purchase of a game. Right. Well... That's interesting. Sometimes I do, but um, I wouldn't. It's also like the quality of that time. Like you're saying, I feel like a lot of indie studios, Journey's a good example, um, produce these really high. Yeah, it's maybe only a few hours, but those few hours are such yeah, high the, quality. The experience right? I got out of like, Journey was amazing. So... I would have paid $60 for that experience going in. Grant, I don't think anyone would pay $60 right. not ha- like before experiencing it but in retrospect it's very obvious that experience would be worth the full price of a game and maybe that's the thing right like the perception now is you you have to make your experience seem like it's going to be worth it even though it may not be yeah no i 
I, yeah, I hear sorry, you. I didn't mean to cut you um, off. Though. Please continue. No, you're okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to think what I was just referencing, but the, uh, the amount you're of talking time about whether you like justify prices seen... on that and why and what you're, what you're talking about related to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do, but it's much more on the AAA uh-huh. side of things. Um, if, if, if the only thing, so for example, on Destiny 2, it's a $60 game. I'm going to buy it. If I know that the campaign's at least 10 hours and I've seen enough where I'll think I'll, like, it's, ju- it's summarized to be 10. Like I said, I thought sure. it was shorter for myself, but, um, that means it's about like $6 an hour worth, right? Um, I try to get to, like, all in all, I think gaming has great value and that would be plenty if I enjoyed it, but, uh, I would kind of like to get that down a little further in the AAA space, so it's at least like I don't know three dollars an hour ish. Like for if it's a, if it's something I I am I'm not sure I'm gonna like right. If if for some reason I, I like it, I don't I don't really think about. Yeah, this. that's really um, interesting. I that would ne- that's it. like never my consideration, right? Like I don't know because I don't really think I'm gonna like I don't go into a game thinking I'm going to commit the amount of time that game offers to the game unless it's good anyway. You know what I mean? And then if it's good. I don't really need it to be that mm-hmm. long, right? It can be short as hell, and that'll be great for me. Like, honestly, maybe even better. If I can get, like, a two-hour experience to be as valuable to me as, like, a, you know, eight- or ten-hour experience, then great. Give me the two-hour experience every time. You know what I mean? No, I hear It's like, for example, Witcher 3. Phenomenal game. Respect the shit out of it. But I never played it, and I don't think I will ever play it. And when I was checking it, when, well, okay. I would have never played it when it first launched and it was full price just because it, it was this this uh, this equation. Even though it like, has like 300 hours myself, of content. <laughs> on top of that's another thing. But like I had I was I thought there was a very good chance that I was just going to play an initial few hours and then just abandon it. Kind of what you said about the hex, but even worse because I wouldn't have been anywhere close to getting anything done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that kept me away from it. Uh, like the, the, the prospect of me spending 50 to 60, I don't remember what it released 60. at, um, for only a few hours. That's effectively like 25 ish bucks, 30 ish bucks an hour. Like that's crazy. Right. Um, from my perspective, worst case scenario, I don't stick to this game. That's the value I got out of this game and it's not worth it. So I, I don't, I don't move interesting. forward on it. So that happens very to me sometimes. Yeah. Which, Witcher would would have been something very different than what I usually play, right? Like as everyone is now aware, uh, like it's it's very outs a very different kind of a yeah. Thing, well, it's like um, a very fantasy game. Like you're play not now. a big fantasy person, I think, from a thematic perspective. Not a big fantasy guy. Not big open right, world right. RPG guy. Right. It's like, much so more of a Red Dead Redemption of, two kind of game. If but I think Red Dead Redemption 2's theme is more in line with example. you than The Witcher. Well, and I got Red Dead primarily because right. I knew my wife would love it. So, like, th- that's another thing. If, let's say, uh, my I thought my wife would have hated it, I would have never probably bought Red Dead um, for the, a similar reason. Like, it is cool. It is more interesting to me than the fantasy kind of style of Witcher, like from a general uh, universe right. perspective, I guess. But um, still, it's a similar conundrum. I'm going to play a couple of hours and not finish it out. That's not worth spending that much money. So... That, that it's a big right now where I've arrived to my life. Like I said previously, this was not a thing to me. Um, I was much more open to s- throwing things in. Like so, life realities have have changed, and that's 
affected the amount of time I want to spend in games. But um, cool, yeah. Uh, length of playtime is definitely a thing for the experiences yeah. I check so, out. So that's great. Um, I think we will call it there. So where can people find us? Yeah, people can find us at koala underscore ent on Instagram, Twitter, uh, technically on TikTok and Byte as well. Uh, the best place to find us though is on the best place to talk to us where you can talk to us regularly is Discord. Um, the easiest way to find our Discord is through our website, kaokoalaentertainment.com. There's a link to Discord and all our social media there. There's also a link generally most of the time in our Instagram bio, in our Twitter bio, so you can find links there. But uh, yes, Discord, once Discord verification gets back up, we'll have a cleaner URL for you guys. Come talk to us. Come give us, let us know what you thought about this episode, what you'd like to hear in future episodes, what you think of playtime. Um what kinds of, how much time do you spend in games? Are you more, are you an open world RPG guy? Do you like spending uh, hundreds of hours in these universes? That's awesome. If so, like, come tell us. If not, if you're kind of like us and you just kind of spend your time in shorter, you know, multiplayer-like sessions, tell us. We'd be, we'd love to talk to you about it. Um, Facebook, KO Koala Entertainment. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and if you go, if you guys want, want some, I, I should have done this earlier, but I'll do it now. And if you've listened to the end, you get the benefit of getting, you know, Skylar's top recommendations. So, uh, if you want some short games to play, I just looking at my Steam list because I've been thinking about it a lot lately. You should check out Journey. You should check out What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, if you want something less like expositional, check out Super Hexagon or um, check out. Oh God, there was one more in my brain. Um, oh yeah, or check out um, Jazz Punk. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. That game is sick. Yeah, Jazz Punk. Um, yeah. If you, if you want more short experiences, just hit me up. I've like, I'm like the master of short experience video games nowadays. So I can recommend a ton. Uh, Octodad, Dadliest Catch. If you want a good co-op short experience game, you can play two players, one controller in that game. So that game's amazing. You, I, yep, I would pay to I see agree. Anthony and his wife play that game. Maybe we will when we start streaming. <laughs> yeah streaming's coming once we get all this nonsense business legal debt stuff yep. out of the way anyway join coming. our discord cool shit's coming <laughs> agora getting better and better with time it's gonna be crazy guys like you want to be there trust me all right yes yes can't wait to thanks for you. listening and <laughs> talk to you next week very good guys we'll see you